Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly podcast uh, featuring things from the realm of Star Trek, Star Wars, and other geeky movies and TV subjects. This week on the show, we're going to talk about uh, the TV series on CBS that's been on for the past three seasons that I love. It's a comedy. It is called The Big Bang Theory. I've wanted to do a show about this for a little while. I kind of wanted to get it towards the end of at least a season, so we have uh, at least the last three seasons to look at. It'll be back, of course, next season. It's uh, been doing well in the ratings, well enough definitely for uh, more uh, adventures of all of our geeky friends on that show. And if you've not seen uh, The Big Bang Theory, like I do uh, several times when I try to pick a special subject to talk about on the show, I hope some of you will check it out after today's podcast. And for those that know the show very well, I hope you still find this enjoyable and maybe learn and, and uh, a few things that maybe you didn't know about the show. Anyway, talk about some other news and other stories going on in Star Trek and sci-fi and things like that. And a little bit about my new car. So uh, sit back, relax, and here we go with today's Treks in Sci-Fi. Oh, sorry. Today is June the uh, today's June thirteenth, and this is podcast episode two hundred and eighty-three. Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state, and nearly fourteen billion years ago, expansion started. Wait, the Earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall, we built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery. It all started with a big bang. Since the dawn of man is really not that long As every galaxy was formed in less time than it takes to sing this song A fraction of a second and the elements were made The bipeds stood up straight, the dinosaurs all met their fate They tried to leave but they were late and they all died They their asses off the oceans and Pangea Sea wouldn't want to be a set in motion by the same Big Bang It all started with the Big Bang It's expanding ever outward but one Sick of us debating how we're here, they're catching deer. We're catching Religion or astronomy, Deuteronomy. It all started with the Big Bang. Music and mythology, Einstein and astrology. It all started with the Big Bang. It all started with the Big Bang. Yeah, that's um, the bare naked ladies singing the theme song to uh, the Big Bang Theory. They're they used just the first part of that, the first verse, I guess, uh, for the TV show for the theme, uh, along with some cool graphics and everything. And then there's a couple more verses there that you heard what I played at the opening of today's show. The other thing, I guess there's also a live version that they do. You can probably see it on YouTube that's got even a little bit more to it uh, than that. So it's a great song, uh, very cool lyrics, I think. And, and of course, today's show is going to be all about the Big Bang Theory. Uh, I, uh, basically a comedy for geeks like us, and this show, since it came on the air, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, uh, back uh, in 2007, I guess it was now, uh, has been fantastic, loved every show, every episode, 
has some great geek references. But we'll be talking about that later on in today's podcast. Uh, what's been going on? Well, got a new car finally, and uh, I know I talked, I think, a little bit about it last week. I think I said that I, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned exactly what I was getting last week. Uh, I got a Nissan Altima Coupe. Uh, it is a, a two-door Altima. People are probably familiar with those cars. You see them around quite a bit, uh, especially the four-door version, the four-door sedan version. But this is a two-door version of it. If you're interested, uh, there are pictures up. I have a Flickr account. I think you just go to Flickr.com, and my user ID over there is TrekSF. So I think you just go forward slash TrekSF, and you can see my whole photos of the car and a lot of other things if you're interested. Uh, I am picked it up on Friday, I guess. Yeah, so I turned in my my G6 convertible lease, got picked up there uh, from that dealer, and then it got taken over to the Nissan place and and bought this uh the uh, the Ultima Coupe. Uh, it is a it's a very nice car. Let me. Uh, I guess I'll give you a little bit of background. I mean, I I've said I think in the last few podcasts I've been spending quite a few oh days, weekends after work, all you know as much as I could researching, looking online at, at reviews and and forums and people talking about cars for probably the last couple of months. I knew this lease that I had on my old car was coming up. I really didn't want to buy it outright uh, for a few reasons, but so I started looking around for something else. And I've always bought domestic type cars, and this is my first non-domestic. Even though that's sort of become blurred now, you know, there's really just kind of this blending. You know, parts are built, or parts I, I should say are, are made here, they're made overseas. Uh, cars are assembled sometimes in the United States for for even Nissan and Toyota and those people. Some of them are assembled overseas uh, for uh, other people. Anyway, it you know it's it came down to for me I wanted to get the car that I wanted that I liked for uh, for me I was looking for a two door coupe that was kind of the primary thing I wanted something I didn't really want a sedan so that really narrows the field there aren't really a lot of two door coupes out there that I felt that were uh, a nice ride nice solid car uh, and something with some of the features I was looking for. Uh, it came down to, I had driven, what else did I drive? I drove the Mitsubishi Eclipse, which is more of a little sporty car. It's kind of smaller, lower to the ground. Uh, I drove the Honda Accord. They have a, 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 an Accord by Honda that's a two-door. Didn't really like that very much. It felt pretty big. It's bigger in size than the Nissan Altima Coupe, and I, I didn't like the looks of it nearly as much. This uh, Altima Coupe is very much has similar lines and a similar look to my previous G6. Of course, being a two-door coupe, that you know that kind of goes together a little bit. But they they've styled it you know similar. I think it's been out three years now, and it drives great. It, it's a great handling car. There are two different versions, two different engines. I got the larger, uh, little faster engine for a few reasons. One. It's not that much worse on gas, only like a couple of miles per gallon, and it is significantly, to me, feels better to drive. Plus, it gives you a, a sportier suspension and a few other features on the car and stuff like that. So the other cool thing I like about this car is the color. Uh, it's, it's kind of unusual. It's crimson black, and it is a very, very dark, uh, almost black color, but it has some red metallic effect in it that you see you can see in the bright sunlight most of the time it'll look mostly just black if you're at a distance but if you get up closer it, it you can see this sort of a 
I don't want to call it cherry because I don't really think it looks like dark cherry or black cherry cars do, but it has this very uh, neat little mica in it that they use. And, it, it, you know, being in paint for my business and what I've done over a number of years, the paint and the color was kind of important to me, especially since I've had other colors. You know, I was looking for something a little different, and this was it was a different color that they, they uh, had in this line, so I was kind of happy about that. It's got some other neat little features. It has push-button start, it has keyless entry, it has a nice iPod interface on the inside. I haven't had a chance to take any pictures inside of the car yet. My camera uh, needs to be recharged, but I've got a lot of outside pictures I took the other night after I picked it up. Everything went real smooth. Uh, I, I like the Nissan. That was the other thing, too. I like the guys at the Nissan dealership quite a bit. They were some of the more pleasant salespeople to work with, and that was another reason I ended up, I think, with them. So I don't want to spend the whole podcast <laughs> talking about my new car, but so far I'm pretty happy with it. it, it, it it's it's a, it's a change, and it takes a little getting used to. You know, it's a lot uh, more, um, uh, it's got a lot more get up and go probably than my last car. My last car was actually pretty peppy, and it was a V6, and this one's also a V6, but this has more torque, more horsepower. Uh, and it's just a lot quicker when I touch the accelerator. The brakes are a little touchier, so I have to kind of get used to that. It's, uh, but it's cool. I, I like it a lot, and uh, I think uh, over the next few weeks, I'm kind of calling her. We, we were talking about this on my forum, and uh, I was trying to come up with uh, a name for the car, you know, rather than always saying, oh, my Nissan Altima Coupe, you know, it's the manufacturing name. But I, I did that podcast a few weeks back about the Voyager episode, uh, where uh, Tom Paris found that old little small ship and he was fixing it up and he called it Alice. So the sort of unofficial uh, idea for, and Brian on the forums came up with this one, and I don't know why I didn't think about it, but it's perfect, really. It's um, Hoshi. So I'm gonna. Just, so if you hear me talking on the podcast in the next few weeks about Hoshi, that's uh, not the Enterprise character, but my new car, and uh, it works in a lot of ways. And actually, the the meaning I looked it up online. The meaning of that name, I guess, in Japanese is star or a, a group of stars. So it's uh, it's my new star, I guess. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, enough about all that. Uh, so I've got a new ride, and hopefully, uh, it will be kind of uh, you know just work out all great you know i always cars are great of course in the first few years you have them nothing usually goes wrong it shouldn't at least and if it does they usually take care of it it's a, it's over the long haul and i bought this one and i didn't lease it and i expect to keep it a very long time so that's what will really tell the tale of how, how well this car uh, continues to to run you know three four five six seven eight whatever years later and so forth um Nissan, of course, has a pretty good reputation, so I expect it to perform and stay in good shape and, and do well. I, I take pretty good care of what I get uh, as far as cars and, and pretty much everything, so uh, that's that. Let's let's move on. Let's take a, a short pause, a little break here, and I'll come back and talk about some Trek and other uh, sci-fi news. Hi, my name is Al. My wife Joyce and I are serious Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the place so much, we started a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth. In our show, Tales from the Mouse House, we'll discuss some news from the Disneyland Resort, reveal some amazing little-known gems we like to call hidden treasures, and we'll also review some of the rides and attractions that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And we'll review some places to satisfy your hunger attacks, as well as tips that we've picked up over the years to help you get the most out of your Disneyland vacation. 
So when you're done getting your geeky goodness fix from Rico, check out Tales from the Mouse House in iTunes. Live long and prosper. Sorry, had to do it. I'm a big Trex and Sci-Fi fan. Okay, in the world of Star Trek, uh, Leonard Nimoy recently was uh, had a, an interview with him about Star Trek and other things. He was at this L.A. Film Fest, and I'm going to play just a little bit of an interview. You can find more of this up over on YouTube, or just go to the great site, uh, trekmovie.com. It's, uh, right now, it's like the second story on their main page uh, about Leonard Nimoy talking about Star Trek and, and Fringe and other things. So uh, here's a little clip from that uh, discussion that he had uh, at the, um, let's see, this was at the Hero Complex Weekend Film Festival where they did a showing of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. So here's Leonard Nimoy talking there. Which movie did you see? <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, I did two of them, yeah. Uh, tell us about that. It must be interesting, I mean, because you were really the first Star Trek actor to go behind the camera and, and direct. Yeah. Um, we wanted to, Bill Shatter and I both wanted to direct during the series, but they weren't going to have it. And um, <laughs> I guess they didn't want us having that much power. <laughs> when we finished uh, Star Trek II, which was a very good movie, by the way. And they behind and the spot died. <laughs> and um, I went to see the movie. I was caught by surprise <clears throat> by the ending because, you know, you see, you see Spot die, and then you see the black tube with Spot's remains. And then you see Bill Shatner, Captain Kirk, giving the eulogy. He says, I'm in all my travels, all the souls I've met, his was the most human. You can do Bill Shatner questions all night. That's going to go Then you saw the tube shot out into space. The tic and then there was some added footage, <clears throat> which was not in the original script. So I'm sitting there watching it, and uh, the camera goes across some some foliage, some mist, a little magical kind of look. And then guess what? There's the black tube. Spots tube is laying there. And I thought, whoa. <laughs> I think I'm going to get a call from Paramount very soon. <laughs> and sure enough, they called me. Yeah, Leonard's just such a great guy, such a classy guy, good actor, you know, good director, and, and, and he's just had such a great career, and he always seems very nice when they, you know, he's spoken to in, in interviews and, and with fans, he just seems very gracious, he's not much of a jokester, he does a little bit, but, you know, he's a... Uh, He's just just a class act all around. So Leonard Nimoy, uh, you know, I hope we continue to see you, and uh, and I'd love to see him in the next Star Trek film, just even if he's in there for a little bit. I think it would be kind of neat, and uh, I, you know, it's definitely possible. And who knows? He seems to have a very good, uh, friendly relationship with J.J. Abrams. Uh, he was a little reluctant to do more, even Fringe, and. J.J. just kept, you know, on him to, to continue uh, a little bit more for this past season's uh, episodes of Fringe. So 
And just again, uh, Leonard Nimoy, uh, even though he's officially retired, he still seems to be popping up. And I think he just did some more voice work for uh, another game, I think. I don't know if it was more Star Trek Online. I thought there was something else I had read, but uh, he just keeps going and uh, a great guy. Another news story in the world of Star Trek, uh, Paramount uh, won uh, some awards. These are the, let's see, the 2010 Hollywood Reporter, which is, uh, I think it's a daily that comes out. It's sort of like a little magazine slash news uh, or newspaper that comes out uh, in California. And I think you can even get it in other states to have it delivered, uh, I think. But anyway, uh, Hollywood Reporter Key Art Awards. This is celebrating the best in movie marketing. These were uh, in Los Angeles on Friday night. Uh, Paramount won uh, several awards for last year's Star Trek uh, movie. They won for that a one-sheet poster, that one of the Enterprise, sort of almost sort of in a, uh, a blurry kind of warp speed effect, that black and white, uh, very simple, clean poster. I wasn't really, frankly, a big fan of that uh, poster. I, I can see that, it, that it's very artistic and stylized and interesting, but it, it, it didn't really, for me at least, wasn't the, wasn't the best one. I actually like their international poster that they did uh, for the, the movie last year. But it won for that, won three things. It won the uh, an award for their website design, which they had an excellent website. I, I, I don't even know. Maybe that's still even up. But they had an excellent website for this Star Trek movie. These guys know what to do and how to, how to market it. And that was one of the things, I think, that helped the movie a lot. I mean, not that it was needed a lot of help. A fantastic, great job last year on that movie. But I, I think just the whole thing came together. They had the right advertising. And it wasn't too much, but but they just really, I think, were generating a lot of buzz for the movie. And it got great word of mouth. You know, if all that buzz and marketing had been out there, but the movie hadn't been good, well, that would have been another story. But here you have the, you know, uh, I use the little, you know, corporation type word they love to use. Here you have the synergy, really, of a good marketing campaign and a good movie. You need both to, to be successful, in my opinion. I think Avatar did the same thing, actually. I think they had a very good marketing campaign, good advertising, and it was a good movie. So, uh, But if you have you know, a good movie but maybe not so good marketing, it doesn't do as well. Or if you have good, you know, some good marketing and it's out there but the movie isn't that good, well, then it doesn't work. So, And the last award they won, which I'm going to play the trailer for you because I, I love this trailer. This was the third trailer for the movie last year this is the one uh it's about two a little more than two minutes long i i think the favorite one that i had for all of of all of the trailers uh that came out for trek last year so here it is and this won uh, an award for the best in show uh this was for action adventure trailers uh rated pg 13 and below that's the the category i guess so so anyway here's uh, last year's uh, star trek trailer uh for the movie and, and an award winner now I couldn't believe it when the bartender told me who you are. Why are you talking to me, man? Your father was captain of a starship for 12 minutes. He saved 800 lives. Including yours. I dare you to do better. Enlist in Starfleet. You will experience fear. Fear in the face of certain death. Pull your chute! 
received a distress call. I've been waiting for this day my whole life. This day of reckoning. We've got no captain and no first officer to replace him. Yeah, we do. You are capable of deciding your own destiny. The question is, which path will you choose? James T. Kirk was a great man, but that was another life. Torpedoes. Emergency evasive! Fire everything! Yeah, that that trailer still just always gives me tr- just just chills just listening to it and, and watching it. I, I just think it was really set the stage for the movie and and told you enough about it, but didn't give away too much and, and just just really works. Um, the last story that I wanted to pass on about uh, in in Trek uh, news, anyone down in the Florida area, the Kennedy Space Center just premiered a. Uh, a new uh, Star Trek show called Star Trek Live. This is a Trek-inspired kind of live educational show. It premiered at the Kennedy Space Center, and it is also going to have a traveling version around uh, moving around the country, I guess, from what I'm reading here. there's a This version is starting at, at the San Diego Fair right now, the traveling one. But uh, it, it basically is sort of set around Starfleet Academy, and there's uh, an image online over at trekmovie.com. Uh, and it's uh, it looks like it's uh, sort of like, you know, these cadets traveling back in time and they need to set things right. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, the importance of the space program and science and things like that. So cool thing, cool uh, connection there of Trek and real world science down at the Kennedy Space Center. Well, hey, folks, do you need some web hosting, a domain name, or anything like that? Um, you can use some codes through Trexin Sci-Fi with GoDaddy.com to get uh, discounts on any you know, domain purchase that you might want to do or anything uh, related to web hosting. They have all kinds of cool packages. If you check uh, over at TrexinSciFi.com on the main page in the information area, you will see the codes that you can use for that. Also, there are some codes there for a company called Zazzle.com that will allow you to make your own T-shirts and mouse pads and mugs and and various things like that. So if you're interested in either of those, uh, check it out. You can see the codes again at TrexandSciFi.com. Get discounts there and help support the podcast. Well, I'm continuing to try to play catch-up with uh, the last of the TV shows uh, and things like that. uh, I'm watching a little more. i still got to watch the last couple episodes of Fringe. I finished out Chuck, which had uh, a pretty uh, interesting ending um, last couple couple of episodes that they did. Quite a bit happened on that show. It's changed, uh, I think, quite a bit. And the the thing that I I'm enjoying about Chuck is, and for those that aren't uh, into it, I, I won't talk too long. But I, I, it's they haven't kept it the same. You know, I think they what was it was that just the third season that they just finished? I think it was. 
Uh, but you know they've mixed things up a little bit, and, and the show can be a little a little silly at times, you know, occasionally. But I I think it also can be a, a lot of fun and, and pretty serious too. It's just got a great uh, group and a great cast too. I I think this is one of those shows, especially the main guy Zachary Levi plays Chuck, and uh, the other one, uh, excuse other one, the uh, Sarah y- Yvonne Strahovski, Strahovski, how, how do you say her last name? I think both of them are going to be just uh, really having great careers, television movies. I think they have a big, bright future. And they got, of course, the seasoned Adam Baldwin on there, too, and and a lot of other great actors. It's just a great show, and uh, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. I'm glad to see it's coming back next season. It was a little iffy. It seems like since the show has been on, it's been a little iffy whether it'll be back each year. And I finished out Legend of the Seeker. I'm not sure. I don't think I talked about on that on last week's. I think I maybe had one episode left. Did I? But uh, a great uh, run on that show too, and uh, I'm I'm gonna miss not having it on each week. Uh, but I did want to say something uh, new, and I, did, I probably talked about this show before. Uh, the third season, yeah, they're out their third season of True Blood is starting up again on HBO tonight. Uh, this is a, a vampire uh, type TV show, but. I think it's the best, really, of all the vampire stuff that's that's been going on in the last few years, you know, versus Twilight and the Vampire Diaries, and, and just, I think there's another show that's starting uh, called The Gates on, on ABC over the summer here, and, and there's just vampires, like, pretty much everywhere, but True Blood, being on HBO, you know, they, they're, um, it's sort of a little more adult as, as well, and it, I think it, it's just really a cool show they have cool characters it's based on a a series of novels and i i I just love this show i I like the setting it's set down in the south in louisiana and it's just it's just a very cool show very interesting things a lot of great uh, characters and cast on this show so if you're a fan uh or haven't been a fan yet maybe of true blood you might want to check it out uh again it's a little more adult Uh, there is some language there is occasional nudity uh but i don't think it ever gets at least to me it never gets gratuitous or anything like that the 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 definitely the the story and the characters and what's going on with them takes you know you know the center seat, and that's the important part. And there was a kind of a big cliffhanger that happened at the end of season two, that I guess they'll be picking up on right away for season three. So I'm really looking forward to that. You know, it's it's nice that TV has sort of mixed things up, and you get shows starting at all different times of the year now, and you've always got something really fun to watch. And, and True Blood, I'm really looking forward to that, and can't wait for the next, uh, you know, in the fall for the next season of Dexter. Not really, you know, Dexter not really being a geeky or sci-fi or fantasy show but in a way it's different and i always like different stuff and different tv and but true blood definitely kind of a fantasy story and a fantasy series uh starts tonight on hbo Okay, it is now time definitely to get into talking about the big bang theory this uh this comedy show started on CBS. Uh, its creators are Chuck Lorre, Bill Prady, uh, or the two main ones, I think. It started back uh, in the fall of 2007. Uh, just a fantastic show for, 
geeks like us, and I think everyone can enjoy this uh, series as well. I don't think it's just for nerds and geeks and people who get all the little in-jokes and Star Trek references. But, uh, again, it started uh, in 2007. It's been on now a total of three seasons, 86 episodes in total right now at this point in time. Let me run down the we'll run down the cast and I'm gonna what I'm gonna do with um, today's look at the Big Bang theories. I'm just gonna kind of sprinkle clips in throughout, talk a little bit about them, but sometimes I'll just throw one in to break up what I um, I planning uh, on saying for this um, particular TV show. I don't think I've really covered that many like half hour comedy shows before. I think I've talked about. Uh, the TV show Quark from way back when, you know, in in the late 70s when that was on. But there haven't been that many. They've tried a few uh, geeky, sci-fi-ish kind of comedies. But it's a tricky genre to to do, I think. But The Big Bang Theory, I think, really gets it. Their jokes and their in things that they know about Trek and Star Wars and all kinds of other uh, comic book related subjects that these guys know what they're talking about i mean obviously i know a lot about this stuff and the thing that makes it so funny and so real for me is these guys again they do their homework they know they know these things and they do a good job with it uh, let's again go back down to um, what i was going to say before and talk a little bit about the cast um we have johnny galecki he is uh, plays uh, one of the multiple uh, scientists that they have on the show, the Geeks group, at least I should say. He plays Leonard Hofstetter. He is one of the main characters on The Big Bang Theory. We also have Jim Parsons, who has become sort of probably the breakout character here a little bit. Uh, he is just amazing. He is the you know the uber nerd. Thinks he's smarter and better than everyone. Knows all the, you know, knows all about everything. Anyway, Jim Parsons plays Sheldon Cooper, Doctor Sheldon Cooper, I should say. I'm sorry about that, Sheldon. Uh, we also have uh, Howard Wallowitz, who's played by Simon Helberg. He's been a character actor, and I've seen him in a number of other shows. He's great. Uh, he plays this uh, Jewish uh, kind of, again, really nerdy, and you know, just. Lothario too because he's just he's always after girls on the show and and he's just fun to have around and then we have Raj Kutherpali who plays who's played by and I try to say this guy's name Kunal Kunal Nanar Nanar something like that sorry Kunal but he plays Raj and Raj has the the sort of the weakness uh, on the show or the one of the the one of the many weaknesses that these nerds and geeks have and the fact that he can't talk to women he basically i don't i don't mean he stumbles over his words or anything like that he actually physically is, is sort of like mute around uh, women when they come on the show the only exception to that is if he gets drunk if he gets drunk it kind of loosens him up and and then he can speak to women and though and though of course the one main woman on the show is penny played by uh kelly cuckoo i can never say her name right and i've heard it said many times Kuoko or something like that is how you say it. C-U-O-C-O. Anyway, Kelly is Penny. Interesting thing about her character, about you know the the girl on the show who who holds her own with all these uber nerds. Uh, she is the only one that we've not learned her last name. They they've uh, 
you know, much like in the original Star Trek, uh, she's only got a, you know, one name, which is, and I'm not sure if they've done that on purpose or if it's just sort of turned out that way. I, I've been trying to find out if there's a reason behind that. You know, she's obviously the only girl, this, you know, hot blonde girl that moves across the the way in this apartment building uh, from these uh, from these couple of geeks and, and they form a friendship over the years and, and, and find that, that yes, uh, guys who are who are geeks and nerds and collect comic books and action figures and play halo can can actually you know be friends with with a cute girl who doesn't know anything about this stuff but you know one of the cool things that i love about the show is that that over the years each of them each of them have uh, they've all learned from each other a little bit she's become a little bit more geeky and a little more nerdy and and the guys have become a little bit more you know, people-oriented and have a little bit better people skills. Even Sheldon, even though uh, he would probably never admit it, but they're they're all sort of learning from each other, and I find that great. And all of this, of course, is set in this comedy, you know, very quick uh, half-hour TV show, which is which is usually only like, you know, 20, 21 minutes of real TV. So I've babbled for a bit now. I've got, you know, much more to say, too, but let, let's, play a, let's play a clip here for you. Oh, hi. 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 We don't mean to interrupt. We live across the hall. Oh, that's nice. Oh, no, we don't live together. I mean, we live together, but in separate heterosexual bedrooms. Oh, okay. Well, guess I'm your new neighbor. Penny. Leonard. Sheldon. Hi. 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 Well, uh... Oh, welcome to the building. Oh, thank you. Maybe we can have coffee sometime. Oh, great. 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 <laughs> well, uh, bye. 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 Yeah, so there you have the uh, first uh, momentous meeting of uh, in the first episode of, of Penny and uh, Leonard and, and Sheldon meet her and... Uh, these guys, it's it's funny to see these episodes, the early episodes now, because they're they definitely have changed and and kind of uh, become a little bit more smooth with their ability to talk to other people, uh, other than they're they're just friends that they're uh, you know that they play uh, video games and, and and visit the comic book shop with. One of the uh, things I found out that the show, the working title for the show was called uh, Lenny, Penny, and Kenny. I guess maybe Sheldon's name was not Sheldon, it was Ken or Kenny before. And, uh, you know, that, that title I don't think was ever really probably meant to make it uh, to the final show or to the final uh, airing of it. Uh, but the, uh, I think the title, The Big Bang Theory, really fits it really well because it's it's. It's a scientific sort of theory and term that I think just, you know, a lot of people know. You know, they, they, a lot of people have heard that. And the minute they, uh, they hear the Big Bang Theory, that, you know, they, they think science and scientists. And these guys are all scientists on the show. And it, it's, it, it's a sort of interesting. And then it also shows it's something that uh, about the learning thing, like I was saying earlier, about how they're all learning from each other on the, on the show itself. And, and learning, but in fun ways as well. And listen to this one. No, hey, let, let me try. Call McFlono McFlooniloo. <laughs> Calling Rajesh Kutrapali. <laughs> oh, it's very impressive. 
And a little racist. If we're all through playing Mock the Flawed Technology, can we get on with Halo Night? We were supposed to start at 8. It is now 8.06. So? We'll start now. Yes, first we have to decide if those lost six minutes will be coming out of game time, bathroom time, or the pizza break. We just split it two, two, and two. If we're having anchovies on the pizza, we can't take it out of bathroom time. Oh, what fresh hell is this? Well, hey, Penny, come on in. Hey, guys. See a Penny, pick her up, and all the day you'll have good luck. No, you won't. Uh, can I hide out here for a while? Sure. What's going on? Well, there's this girl I know from back in Nebraska, Christy. Anyway, she called me up, and she's like, hey, how's California? And I'm like, awesome, because, you know, it's not Nebraska. And the next thing I know, she's invited herself out here to stay with me. Eight, oh, eight. <laughs> anyway, she got here today, and she's just been in my apartment yakety-yakking about every guy she slept with in Omaha, which is basically every guy in Omaha. I'm washing the sluttiest collection of underwear you have ever seen in my bathroom sink. Well, is she doing it one thong at a time, or does she throw it all in? <laughs> Like some sort of erotic booyah bays. He really needs to dial it down. So if you don't like this Christy, why are you letting her stay? Well, she was engaged to my cousin while she was sleeping with my brother, so she's kind of family. Yeah, I apologize for my earlier outburst. Who needs Halo when we can be regaled with the delightfully folksy tale of the whore of Omaha? Oh, I don't think she's a whore. No, yeah, she's definitely a whore. I mean, she has absolutely no standards. This one time she was at... Where's Howard? Bonjour, mademoiselle. I understand you're new in town. <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> uh, it's just so funny. Uh, Sheldon just has so many great lines on the show. It's just hard to... Uh, I, 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 I was going to say earlier that I just uh, probably spent two almost three hours gathering clips and you know I, I have quite a few but then that doesn't really um, indicate you know that I have two or three hours worth of clips it was just you know watch this one watch this one try to pick out what I felt were some good examples from the show but I also get a little sidetracked sometimes when I'm doing that and I just find myself you know watching clips and enjoying the whatever the subject happens to be for the week and this time it was it was hard to stop and basically I said you know okay I have like I don't know 15 clips or something i don't even know if i'll play them all probably won't but uh, i said okay that's enough that gives everyone a good feel for the show and you don't need to keep watching i could have probably just spent the rest of the day, day watching uh, clips on youtube from the big bang theory and i have to say i'm a little annoyed about uh, one little uh, side note i want to say cbs uh cbs you know get, get your show up on online somewhere where people can watch episodes of it you know, I mean, we have Hulu. You can see uh, many network shows on there. You can see NBC, Fox, some ABC, and lots of other stuff on Hulu. But CBS, you know, you can go to their website. Nope, you can't watch episodes there. Nope, you can't do them there. Nope, you can't do them on Hulu. You can't do them on YouTube. You can't. Uh, it's, it's, come on, guys, get with the program. So do something about that for next season, okay? And the other thing that I was going to say is when they post, CBS officially posts clips up on YouTube, they're now shoved advertising in all of them. They play an ad clip before the they play the clip itself. Now, okay, I'm good with people making money and understanding, you know, how that all works. However, they need to fix their system because I watched the same like ad clip and I don't even know what it was for because after about the eighth time, I just completely shut it out. Uh, but they show exactly the same ad each time. Come on, can't you rotate that somehow? I, I, I mean, if you're going to have ads... 
you should do something to make them interesting a little bit. You know, I don't know. Okay, there we go. We're off that. Let's get off that for now. But CBS, if, if you know, who knows? Maybe somebody out there uh, in CBS who works on, you know, at that network will hear this and pass it on or, you know, you never know. You never know. So, but back to the show. This show is just, just every episode is filled with all kinds of geek references. I've got a lot of those clips for you to play and um, well let's play one of them here your argument is lacking in all scientific merit it is well established superman cleans his uniform by flying into earth's yellow sun which incinerates any contaminant matter and leaves the invulnerable kryptonian fabric unharmed and daisy fresh (laughs) what if he gets something kryptonian on it like what i don't know kryptonian mustard I think we can safely assume that all Kryptonian condiments were destroyed when the planet Krypton exploded. (laughs) Or it turned into mustard kryptonite, the only way to destroy a rogue Kryptonian hot dog threatening Earth. Raj, please, let's stay serious here. (laughs) Superman's body is Kryptonian, therefore his sweat is Kryptonian. What about Kryptonian pit stains? Superman doesn't sweat on Earth. Okay, he's invited for dinner in the bottle city of Kandor. He miniaturizes himself, enters the city where he loses his superpowers. Now, before dinner, his host says, who's up for a little Kryptonian tetherball? Superman says, sure, works up a sweat, comes back to Earth, his uniform now stained with indestructible Kryptonian perspiration. (laughs) Booyah. Superman would have taken his uniform to a Kandorian dry cleaner before he left the bottle. Kandorian Drake, I give up. You can't have a rational argument with this man. Yeah, that's great. You know, what, what, what makes this show so real to me is I, I've had those conversations with, with family and friends and, and, and people online, you know, many, many times. And it's, you know, related to, especially related, to, something about comics, comics and comic books especially, really brings out the the nerd and the geek in me a lot because there's just... Unless you're into that world and read that stuff a lot, you, you don't really get it. If you've seen a couple of movies, it's not the same thing. You know, over the years, I mean, they've—I mean, Superman's been around since like the the late '30s. Was that when the first Superman comic came out? I believe '38, '39, somewhere around there. I mean, it, it, you know, the guys, the guy in the comics have been around a long time—seventy years now or something. So there is a huge amount of of, of you know, information and history and, and, and stuff out there. And everyone who reads the book and has read, you know, Superman comics for a while, you know, they have their own theories about certain things that you just quite, you know, you never can quite figure out. I remember, here's a little nerdy thing that, and what was this show? What was this on? I, was it on the Lois and Clark Superman type show? I'm not sure, but, or maybe I read it, saw it in a comic book first, but I always thought about this. I always said, well, how does Superman, what, how does he get his, how does he cut his hair? What does he do to cut, have his hair cut? Or what about even this? This is even a bigger probably maybe issue, but what about his beard? And uh, there was something, and I think maybe it was in a comic and not something on a, on a TV show or a movie, but he had a mirror and Superman used his like heat vision and basically like, like, you know, shined his heat vision down at the mirror, it bounced back at his face, and and I guess he could control the intensity of it, and it basically, he used that to shave with, and I thought that was like the coolest thing, you know, but that's what us geeks think about, you know, and uh, there's also a, I remember having a conversation way back uh, at some job or something somewhere along the way, 
or maybe it was when I was still in school. I don't know. It's been a long time, but there is a, uh, I think it was by Larry Niven, a short story out there called A Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. And maybe you can gather from the title what that story might be about, but uh, it's kind of a little bit about Superman and Lois Lane, and I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, But it's worth seeking out if you, if you enjoy this kind of stuff. So, Leonard, congratulations. What for? Your Facebook status update. Leonard Hofstetter is in a relationship. What? No, no, that's not right. Oh, man, did you switch your status before she did? <laughs> Speaking as an expert, way to look needy. Seriously? You went first after only two weeks? That's bold. It's not bold. It's a mistake. I didn't change my status. Well, then who did? <laughs> I had no choice. He cried in front of her. You hacked my Facebook account? Oh, it's hardly hacking when you use the same password for everything, Kal-El. Are you insane? Now she's gonna think I'm desperate. You've destroyed this relationship. And you wanna know the worst part is you don't even understand what you did wrong because you can't conceive of something that you are not an expert in. In which I'm not... Don't even... <laughs> Don't want to hear another word out of you. Ooh. What's wrong, Lassie? Timmy fall down the well? Oh, wow. She just updated her Facebook status. Stephanie Barnett is in a relationship with Leonard Hofstetter. Really? <laughs> oh, look at that. I have a girlfriend. <laughs> If I'm permitted to speak again, Dr. Sheldon Cooper, for the win. Yeah, that, that's another thing that is fun about the Big Bang Theory is, is they put a lot of very current uh, sort of geek, uh, you know, gadgets and references into the show, computer things, things about online stuff like Twitter and Facebook. And, and it, it keeps the show, again, I hate to say it keeps it real because... You know, I feel like some kind of gangster guy or something when I say that gangsta, yeah, keeping it real. But uh, but the show is is very contemporary. Whether you know in ten twenty years if it's on in reruns, what people will think of those kinds of things. I mean, I, I you know doesn't matter really that much to me. I think you got to make a show for the current uh, people that are watching it, not worry about how it'll look in in, in a while. I, I think any comedy, any any drama, even these days is is always going to have that kind of a thing going on. and But, uh, you know, it's just, it's fun to see that. It's fun to have them talk about those kinds of things on The Big Bang Theory. You're just in time. I believe I've isolated the algorithm for making friends. Sheldon, there is no algorithm for making friends. Well, hear him out. If he's really onto something, we could open a booth at Comic-Con, make a fortune. <laughs> See, my initial approach to Kripke had the same deficiencies as those that plagued Stu the Cockatoo when he was new at the zoo. Stu the Cockatoo? Yes, he's new at the zoo. It's a terrific book. I've distilled its essence into a simple flow chart that will guide me through the process. Have you thought about putting him in a crate while you're out of the apartment? <laughs> Hello, Kripke. Yeah, Sheldon Cooper here. It occurred to me that you hadn't returned any of my calls because I hadn't offered any concrete suggestions for pursuing our friendship. Yeah, perhaps the two of us might 
share a meal together. I see. Well, then perhaps you'd have time for a hot beverage. Popular choices include tea, coffee, cocoa. I see. No, 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 wait, don't hang up yet. But what about a recreational activity? I bet we share some common interests. You tell me an interest of yours. Really? On actual horses? Tell me another interest of yours. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I have no desire to get in the water till I absolutely have to. Tell me another interest of yours. Uh-oh, he's stuck in an infinite loop. I can fix it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, but isn't ventriloquism by definition a solo activity? Yeah. Wait, tell me another interest of yours. Hmm. Is there any chance you like monkeys? What is wrong with you? Everybody likes monkeys. Hang on, Kripke. A loop counter and an escape to the least objectionable activity. Howard, that's brilliant. I'm surprised you saw that. Gee, why can't Sheldon make friends? All right, Kripke, that last interest strikes me as the least objectionable, and I would like to propose that we do that together. Tomorrow. Yes, I'll pay. <laughs> All right, goodbye. All right. Time to learn rock climbing. That uh, was an was one of their, you know, probably one of the really good episodes for the Big Bang Theory. They're all good. They're all really good. But that one, uh, Sheldon determines that he wants to be friends with this guy named Kripke, and who's sort of like his almost his his arch nemesis or enemy at work a little bit. And Sheldon's always kind of a problem solver. He always feels like if he comes up with some kind of an algorithm or a theory, he can he can fix it or you know solve a situation. And of course, he's completely clueless, really, about friendships and things. It's just funny. He he has this dry erase board, you know, and he's got this flow chart that he's designed on it to try to go through this whole uh, procedure for forming a, uh, a friendship with somebody and it kind of works except he sort of gets stuck there you can hear in, in this sort of loop when he can't find a, an activity that they can share together and, and sort of bond over so it's it's pretty funny and uh, Sheldon again is, is just so much fun on the show and uh, I really enjoy uh, what they come up with for him to do and he's he, just a great actor to be able to do what he does on there too um, Jim Parsons just excellent. I think he's won an, at least an Emmy, maybe a couple of times for this uh, for this part that he's got. Why are you doing this? You know the rules. You brought your mom to work. You must suffer. <laughs> you know, I had no idea your siblings were so much more successful than you. <laughs> yeah, you're like the Jaja Binks of the Hofstadter family. <laughs> oh, Misha, thank you so much and so so. You know, rather than mock me, my friends might realize that this is difficult and try to help me through it. Nope, I think mocking you is more fun. <laughs> Next time, don't you stop bringing Mama to work, I'll do that. That was fast. Oh, if the middle stall was occupied, I'll have to try again later. It's totally understandable. In bladder voiding, as in real estate, it's location, location, location. <laughs> So where were we? Howard lives with his mother, and Raj can't speak to women unless he's drunk. Go. Oh, that's fascinating. Selective mutism is quite rare. 
On the other hand, an adult Jewish male living with his mother is so common it borders on sociological cliché. It's just temporary. I pay rent. He lives in the same room where his bassinet was. You know, both selective mutism and an inability to separate from one's mother can stem from a pathological fear of women. It might explain why the two of you have created an ersatz homosexual marriage to satisfy your need for intimacy. Say what? That's basically what I just said. You brought your husband to work. You know the rules. I mean, he's something can he's looking pretty sad now, too, betcha, betcha. Letting it's one o'clock. Weren't you going to show me your laboratory at one o'clock? Yeah, there's no hurry, mother. Tell them more about their secret love for each other. Yeah, they have uh, you know tons of uh, geek references. There's some Star Wars stuff with um, when uh, Leonard's mom. Uh, Mrs. Hofstetter uh, visited the the show. She's been on that a couple of times, I think. Now, uh, Hofstetter, by the way, is is a, is the name of a couple of scientists, a father and son scientist team that did work on on various areas of the brain and consciousness and stuff like that and cognition. Uh, but uh, that's where they got the name Hofstetter for uh, for Leonard's last name. And oh, uh, Misa, not very good with this now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't do a good, good Jar Jar. Anyway, uh, let's play another clip. So nice you could join me this evening. You're looking lovely as always. Thanks, Howard. Always nice to be part of your masturbatory fantasies. <laughs> Come on, Katie. Don't make it sound so cheap. I'm sorry. Fiddling with yourself in the bathtub is a real class act. <laughs> Thank you. So, <clears throat> shall we get started? Sure. But can I ask you a question first? Yes, you want to play Cylon and Colonist? No. I want to know why you're playing make-believe with me when you could be out with a real woman tonight. You mean Bernadette? No, I mean Princess Leia. <laughs> of course, I mean Bernadette. She's a wonderful girl and she really likes you. No, she's not you. I'm not me. The real me is in Beverly Hills when I was a tall, handsome, rich guy. Really? Tall? Six four. Ouch. The point is, you've got a wonderful girl in your life and you're ignoring her in order to spend your nights in the bathtub with a mental image and a washcloth. Howard! What are you doing in there? I'm taking a bath! I hope that's all you're doing! We share that tub! Don't remind me! Oh, man. All soaked up and no place to go. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was uh, that's a scene. I think that one was actually from early in this season, I believe. Uh, that was when uh, they got uh, Katie Sackhoff to a guest host in a, in a bubble bath with... Uh, with Wallowitz with uh, Howard there, and uh, it's just he's basically just sort of uh, imagining her being in the bath with him. And uh, I kind of like Katie. I loved uh, Starbuck on, on Battlestar Galactica, so uh, that scene I thought was a lot of fun. And and I love always Howard's mom. He lives with, at home with his mom, and 
you know, she's yelling in the back, what, Howard, what are you doing in there, Howard? You know, she's got that accent and everything. And I always wondered who that is. I'll have to look that up maybe while I play the next clip and see if there's a, uh, at least a, a voice or an actress's name or someone down for, for playing Howard's mother on, on the show. And uh, But while, uh, uh, while I'm looking that up, uh, here's another clip for you. Time. All right, Klingons, pencils down. <laughs> Okay, I have Pach. Have it. Pach. Have it. Puchpa. Have it. I have Chor. Got it. Nechmach. Yeah. And Kreplach. Hold on a second. Kreplach? Yeah. Isn't Klingon? It's Yiddish for meatful dumpling. Well, as it turns out, it's also a Klingon word. Really? Define it. Kreplach. A hearty Klingon dumpling. Judge's ruling, Bilirbe. Hey guys, I need to use your TV. What's wrong with your TV? I don't know, it just died. I'm getting a bunch of static. Did you pay your cable bill? Ugh, you sound just like the cable company. <laughs> All right, so shh, Tyra Banks is about to kick someone off America's Next Top Model. Excuse me, Penny, but we're no, don't tell her. playing Klingon Boggle. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean, all? Like she didn't know we were nerds? <laughs> Right. If you must watch them, muted with closed captions, please. Fine. All right, Boggle Warriors. Okay, it looks like uh, Howard's mother is played uh, by actress Carol Ann Susie, S-U-S-I. Looks like she's done a lot. She's got a big, long list of credits. Uh, on IMDb. So although I'm not seeing a picture of her, it looks like though she's been around for quite a long time. I wonder if we'll ever get a chance to see her. I have a feeling uh, maybe we won't. That's kind of like the mystery, uh, like good old uh, Carlton the Doorman. I'm going to age myself and uh, on an old TV series called Rhoda. So uh, let's see. Uh, what else did I want to say uh, related to, I wanted to give you a little bit more on the background on the show too. A few other little tidbits and trivia. One is, um, of course, Sheldon always is wearing all these different t-shirts on the TV show. And there's even, I think a couple of websites set up, maybe Sheldon, Sheldon shirts or Sheldon's shirts. Uh, and you just do some Google searching, you'll be able to find them. But one of the things I found out in, in doing some background on today's show is that the the t-shirt sometimes will signify what kind of mood Sheldon is in a little bit, especially when he wears different comic book uh, characters and, and, and that, uh, whether he's kind of happy, sad, you know, uh, a, a good, you know, the good Sheldon or even the, you know, the bad Sheldon. But keep an eye on that in, in some of the episodes about uh, the shirt that he's wearing and, and the kind of mood he is, if, especially if you know comic books at all. Uh, you'll be able to notice that, I guess, on, on some of the episodes. Could you please drive a little faster? Oh, I think we're going sufficiently fast. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. The engine does that sometimes. That can't be nothing. If the check engine light is on, we need to find a service station. No, the light's been on since I bought the car. It's all the more reason to consult with a mechanic before it explodes. It's not going to explode. Just keep driving. Warp speed ahead, Mr. Spock. <laughs> Mr. Spock did not pilot the Enterprise. He was a science officer. And I guarantee you that if he ever saw the Enterprise's check engine light blinking, he would pull the ship over immediately. Oh, God, I'm going to lose the arm. Dog up, red light, release accelerator, and slowly apply. 
apply the brake. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, that was a scene there where uh, Sheldon has to drive Penny to the hospital because she's hurt her arm. And uh, it, it's just he's not a very good driver. There was a, a, a good part of the show earlier in, this, in the uh, series that he couldn't drive at all. And then there were some episodes where he was learning how to drive. He basically just never, never saw a need to learn. Here's a guy who knows basically every little scientific fact and bits of trivia but he doesn't drive, which I, I just I just like that idea that they gave him that sort of little thing that he just doesn't seem to see the need. He'll take uh, he'll have someone else drive him or, or whatever. But here he has to drive Penny because she hurt herself. And uh, oh, Jim Parsons also is from Texas as well as his character of Sheldon. So there's another little trivia bit for you from uh, from the Big Bang Theory. Now, remember, you were given powerful pain medication and a muscle relaxer, so uh, don't operate heavy machinery. <laughs> Try not to choke on your own drool. Wait! You have to help me get into bed. <laughs> Sheldon has to get me into bed. <laughs> Bet you never thought I'd say that! <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Charm of your drug-addled candor knows no bounds. You know, people think you're this weird robot man who's so annoying all the time, and you totally are. But then it's like that movie Wally -E at the end. You're so full of love, and you can save a plant and get fat people out of the floaty chairs. That's a fairly labored metaphor, but I appreciate the sentiment behind it. Sing soft, kitty, to me. Soft kitty is for when you're sick. You're not sick. Injured and drugged is a kind of sick. Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of fur. Wait, wait. Let's sing it as a round. I'll start. <laughs> Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of fur. So that's where you come in. I'll start over. <laughs> Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of I've got all night, Sheldon. Soft kitty, warm kitty, little kitty, warm kitty, happy kitty, sleepy kitty, happy kitty, sleepy kitty. Yeah, that was later in that episode where. Penny's, uh, Sheldon's brought her back and she's kind of doped up and they sing Soft Kitty because uh, that's Sheldon's little song that he likes when uh, he's sick and his mom, I guess, used to sing to him. So they sing it together there. Great stuff. And, and they've really been putting those two together quite a bit and, and it works pretty well, even though there was a relationship and has been off and on between um, 
not between Sheldon and Penny, but between Leonard and Penny. But uh, it, it's funny. There's a lot more. Uh, it, I guess it's because Penny, you know, is, is just this girl, not really a nerd or a geek or a scientist. And Sheldon is basically like her complete opposite, you know. And and they just kind of work well together, I think, on the show. And and I like that quite a bit. Uh, there was an episode, a classic episode, where <laughs> where where uh, where Sheldon. This is probably one of my favorites. Maybe maybe if not the favorite episode that I've had. Uh, where Sheldon unfortunately gets somehow gets Penny interested in online gaming with the game Age of Conan. So here's I've got uh, I think I got a couple of clips from this one. So here's the first. No, that's what she said, Sheldon. Okay, look, I bought the game and I've been exploring the island of Tordage, but I can't figure out how to get past the guard captain. Do you have the enchanted sword? No, no, I have a bronze dagger. You can't slay the guard captain with a bronze dagger. My lord, it's like the car key in your apartment door all over again. All right, all right, why do I get the sword? Well, have you been to the Temple of Mitra? Is that the place in the hill with the weird priest in front of no, it? No, 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 it's, oh, for God's sakes, Gimme. Thank you, I really appreciate this. You're gonna have to learn to do these things for yourself, Penny. Don't patronize me, just get the sword. <laughs> what the frack? It's me, they were playing all last night, too. It's like... Some kind of weird comic book crossover. Like if Hulk were dating Peppermint Patty. I always thought Peppermint Patty was a lesbian. No, that's Marcy. Peppermint Patty's just athletic. There you go, one enchanted sword. All right, give me, give me, give me. I want to kill the guard captain. That girl needs to get life. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, uh, a fairly early in the episode where uh, she comes in, basically, and Sheldon's playing this online game, and for some reason she kind of gets a little interested in it. He kind of lets her play it a little and, and basically gets her hooked. And I've you know played a lot of online games, have friends that have, and I've never really been like that. I mean, I, I still play World of Warcraft. You know, I, I probably log on about once a week these days, if that, for a little bit. But um, but these guys are, are, you know, they're into it, of course. Everything they do, they do kind of to extreme, of course. They're geeks, they're uber nerds, and how many times have I said the word uber today? For that, That's it. I'm not saying it again. No, no, you can't make me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they go a little bit far. But then eventually it kind of goes away for them. You know, they, they, they just go full out at something, and, and then they just kind of, you know, they, they, they just walk away from it a little bit. I mean, they visit their local comic ship comic book shop uh, pretty often and there's the you know the basic things they're interested in star trek references come up a lot and stuff like that but anyway here's another clip uh from that same show uh where penny's just gotten a little bit uh more in more deeply into the game and she's starting to sort of you know ignore everything else in her life like sometimes i guess people will do with uh, online gaming they let everything else slide it because they just want to continue to level up why should I do something? You're the one who introduced her to online gaming. But yes, but you're the one who said hello to her when she moved in. If you simply restrained yourself, none of this would be happening. Why don't you just tell her to leave you alone? I did. I told her. I texted her. I sent out a very emphatic Twitter. I even changed my Facebook status to Sheldon Cooper wishes Penny would leave him alone. I don't know what else to do. Well, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. But if you don't figure something out, I warn you, I shall become very difficult to live with. 
You mean up until now we've been experiencing the happy fun time, Sheldon? Yes. I'll go talk to him. No, Fritz, I need you on my flank. No, I don't know German. Flankenzy, flankenzy. Hey, Penny. Busy. Yeah, I see that. Shouldn't you be at work? I don't work on Mondays. It's Thursday. <laughs> Listen, Penny. Ugh, Queen Penelope AFK. What? <laughs> okay, um, here's the thing. Um, sometimes people, good people, you know, they start playing these games and they find themselves through no fault of their own, you know, kind of addicted. Yeah, get to the point. I'm about to level up here. It's just, it's, if a person doesn't have a sense of achievement in their real life, it's easy to lose themselves in a virtual world where they can get a false sense of accomplishment. Yeah, jabber, jabber, jabber. Okay, boys, Queen Penelope's back online. Penny, you've got Cheetos in your hair. Oh, thanks. <laughs> wow. It's me again, Leonard. Leonard, I said not now. Yeah, I know. I'm just a little concerned about you. I said not now! Okay, maybe later. Oh, that's great stuff. Of course, Penny eventually realizes it's... Um... It, it, there's a, there's a cool scene at the end of the episode where it shocks her back to reality and, and gives up the uh, online gaming thing. Um... Uh, what else? Uh, the the show has a ton of, like I said, geek references and things related to uh, all kinds of comics and and Trek and Star Wars. Uh, there there are a lot of times Trek references. Trek probably, I'd say, more than just about any other thing being being you know one of the biggest, longest running geek type uh, subjects out there uh, is probably the biggest one that you see. And this happens probably. Well, not every episode, but every every few episodes they'll they'll do it. And and Sheldon even has a nemesis in in the form of Will Wheaton, who played, of course, Wesley on The Next Generation. I've got a clip, I think, of that coming up here in a few. But the uh, the other thing is, is they just always are are, are putting weird little Trek references in there, and they're debating the the merits of of one movie over the other. Here's that clip for you. Star Trek Five, worse than one. <laughs> Hey, first of all, that's a comparison of quality, not intensity. Secondly, Star Trek 1 is orders of magnitude worse than Star Trek 5. Are you joking? Star Trek 5 is the standard against which all badness is measured. No, no, no. Star Trek 5 has specific failures in writing and direction, while Star Trek 1 fails across the board. Art direction, costuming, music, sound editing. You know what, can we just forget I said DEFCON and go? Star Trek 5. Will you at least stipulate that Star Trek IV The Voyage Home isn't arguably the best? I have three words for you. Wrath of Khan. Oh, thank God you're here. What's the emergency? I got the Mars rover stuck in a ditch. Ah, uh, that's great stuff. That's just just fantastic great stuff. There's also, uh, like I said earlier, the uh, I love the fact that they're all sort of picking up on things from each other. And, and the the funniest one I think of all is is how Penny is picking up a lot of, 
geek references as the, she's gotten to know the guys better and, and, and hangs around them with, you know, at different times. And, you know, you, you would imagine that they're watching movies and TV shows and they're, she's just through osmosis maybe more than anything else, but she's picking up a lot of these references. And there's one clip, uh, there's a girl, another girl that's moved into the building and she's kind of, kind of, you know, shoving her way in on the, on her territory, on Penny's territory with her friendships with the guys and, and this girl is basically kind of using them, though, uh, and not being really a friend with them. And uh, Penny kind of doesn't like that, and so she kind of confronts her in the laundry room and uh, lets her have it in a very uh, non-Penny geek fashion. That Leonard and Howard and Raj, they aren't like other guys. They're special. Okay, they're special. And? Ugh, let's see, how can I explain this? Um, they don't know how to use their shields. Shields? Yeah, you know, like in Star Trek when you're in battle and you raise the shields. Where the hell did that come from? Oh, <laughs> that's just, this is great. Uh, she, you know, uh, Kelly is such a, a good actress. She just has these expressions. It's really hard to get across, of course, a lot of this in the audio, but, uh, you know, go to the YouTube and go to the YouTube. You know, we call it the the internet on the YouTube Go check out YouTube for for some of that if you're not familiar with the show. But if you are, you probably know what I'm talking about. She's got these eyes. She always does stuff with her eyes, I noticed, when I was collecting these clips. And she uses um, just a lot of body language and different things, which which just makes it all the funnier to me. And uh, But she does that a lot more and quite a bit different than the way the guys act on, on the show. And, and I think it's a great... Here, here's the big word for today's podcast: juxtaposition. You know, it just shows how different, but, but uh, again, it, it it works is all I'm saying. Like I said, the the show is full of Trek stuff, for, and and for fans like us, that's great. The there was one scene, and I think this is at the very last episode of season one, where uh, uh, Sheldon gets a gift from Penny, and it, and it just floors him. It, it it's very. Uh, it's a very nice gift, and I just—it's—it's it's again hard to get this across in the audio. But I'm going to play the clip for you, where where Penny gives a, a gift to Sheldon that that he just is just very very excited about. Oh, a napkin. Turn it over. To Sheldon, live long and prosper, Leonard Nimoy. He came into the restaurant, sorry the napkin's dirty, he wiped his mouth with it. <laughs> I possess the DNA of Leonard Nimoy. Show. Be right back. Oh yeah, that's great. The, the the fun thing about that episode is is Penny or um, 
Sheldon was worried about the whole gift exchange thing. He wanted to make sure his was his gift to her was equivalent to whatever uh, whatever that she ended up getting him. So he's prepared himself with all these gift baskets. You know, like he would get her a bigger one or a couple if the gift was you know whatever. So you know moderately you know whatever value wise he felt. But with this Leonard Nimoy signed napkin, you know he just he just brings all these baskets out and it's like it's not enough it's not it's not as good as is this dna you know napkin from leonard nimoy with him signing it to me and all this it just it just shows how much he loves uh trek and and leonard nimoy he's like i can grow my own leonard nimoy now ah good stuff good stuff and what's also cool about the Big Bang Theory is just a, a couple of other little things. They uh, The titles of the episodes are usually related to uh, both the episode to a degree and they're also related to some kind of scientific theory or, or something like that. Here's an example. Uh, the, um, the one that I talked about where Penny gets involved in online gaming was called the Barbarian Sublimation, which sublimation is, is a process in water i think if i remember right i should know that off the top of my head basically allow us um when uh frozen water goes right to a gas form that's what it's that's what they refer to that uh, process as and the barbarian part of the title of course is referred to you know as the online gaming part so anyway so pay attention to the title although i don't think that they the titles i don't think are ever shown on the show i think you have to find those out online i don't remember I don't think that they ever show them during the episode itself. Maybe they roll them in the credits somehow. I don't know. Oh, there's also this cool little thing where Chuck Lorre will write this little uh, text, and it's shown, it's flashed kind of at the very last part of the episode, at the in, right before the credits all roll. And you really have to have it like TiVo'd or, or DVR'd or something like that so you can pause it and read it. You really don't have time. It's it's up there for not even a second probably. You might be able to read the first few words. But it's always it, – it gives you some kind of insight into what maybe went into the episode. It's some other little bit of information that just kind of rounds it out. And I, I like that a lot. I think that's kind of a cool little thing. So let us play another clip for you. Now fetch me Will Wheaton. <laughs> Botash beer, jabluki red, Did that guy just say revenge is a dish best served cold in Klingon? I believe so. What is wrong with him? Everyone has a different theory. Yeah, that's when uh, they've had Will Wheaton on, I think just two episodes now, but he's basically Sheldon's, this this nemesis of his from, from long ago. And that clip there was from the first time he was on where they had this uh, card, uh, collecting card type tournament. I don't know if they were, what were they playing? Were they playing Magic the Gathering or were they playing something else? I don't remember, but that wasn't really that important, but... Uh, Will Wheaton's on there. He's kind of, again, this nemesis for, for Sheldon. And he just messes with Sheldon a lot. He messes with his mind. He, they, they play these little games. And uh, it's, you know, he's across the comic book shop there uh, spotting off Klingon. And Will Wheaton's looking at him like he's just the strangest, you know, Star Trek fan he's ever met, you know, over the years. And, and you know, the 
that that's what's fun is that these guys are 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 those people sometimes that you might see at a convention that the ones you almost sometimes will stay away from because they just take things a little too far at times and will wheaton's also been on uh, just an episode not too long ago at the end towards the end of this season they had this bowling match and that was a great episode too with uh it ended up being in a, there was a bet and well, I don't want to re, you know, spoil it if you've not seen it, but it, it's another great episode definitely check out those and, you know, just check out the whole series. I've still got some more, maybe a couple more clips to play and we'll, we'll kind of finish this out. Are you talking to me? Is there another Benny Hill? <laughs> I had such plans. I had dreams. I was going to be the Indira Gandhi of particle astrophysics, but with a penis, of course. <laughs> Amazing. Ever since I was a little boy, my father wanted me to be a gynecologist like him. How can I be a gynecologist? I can barely look a woman in the eye. You know what? I'm not going to let my parents control my future any longer. It's time for a showdown. Somebody give me a computer with a webcam. Okay. Sweetie, I think that's the grasshopper talking. And it's about to tell my parents that I'm not riding an elephant down the aisle with Lalita Gupta. No one can make you get married. Why don't you just meet this girl and see what happens? Haven't you been listening to me? I cannot talk to women. Um, Raj. No, no, let's see how long it takes him. Uh, Raj, Penny, you say you can't talk to women, but you've been talking to me. And now we'll never know. You're right. I, I, I am talking to you. Hello, Penny, how are you? Okay, now I just need to make sure I have a Lalita before I meet the grasshopper. It's a sweet green miracle. Okay, if you're going to drink on this date, just promise me you won't overdo it. Overdo what? Happiness? Freedom? This warm glow inside of me that promises everything's going to be all hunky-dunky? Yeah, that. Uh, why don't you bring her to my restaurant while I'm tending the bar so I can keep an eye on you? Okay. Wait a minute, what's the plan here? Let's say he meets her, he likes her, they get married. What's he gonna do, stay drunk for the rest of his life? Work for my parents. Yeah, that was uh, the, the, I think, uh, early, uh, sometime during season one, uh, but that's when they first discover about Raj and drinking. He's uh, having this grasshopper drink, and he just starts talking to Penny, and they're all like, oh my gosh, he's talking to a girl and he's you know Raj is he's a great character uh he's a lot of fun I've always wondered if he'll ever get past the whole that whole hang-up that he has about being able to talk to uh, women around you know maybe that uh I always thought maybe it would be interesting is is as Penny has become kind of one of the guys almost in in some ways and part of their group that maybe he'd be able to start talking to her because he wouldn't really look at her in the same way as he look at looks at other women that he doesn't know that he'd be able to talk to her without being drunk but anyone else any new women that would come around he would have the same problem that would be something i think they could do and it would still work and uh because it becomes a, just a little bit of a of a problem on the show he's always whispering and i think as an actor i would think that that kind of is a little frustrating you know when he looks at a script for the lines he's in a lot of scenes or something Raj, but how many lines do you have for the episode? Oh, I have like three. I always wondered if when he's whispering to uh, usually Howard or something, because they're kind of good buddies, 
what he's really saying. Is he really saying anything or is he just kind of making something up or goofing around or whatever? Who knows? Oh, and I forgot to uh, say there, but uh, I guess Raj's inability to talk to women was something that uh, one of the executive producers, Bill Prady, uh, said that there was a guy that he used to know, an old co-worker, when he worked at a computer company that had that that problem, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. I, I wouldn't have imagined there was a real person around that was like that, but you never know. The world is full of uh, very interesting people sometimes you would not really believe are out there. I'm having a little trouble catching your breath there. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. Yeah. If my PE teachers had told me this is what I was training for, I would have tried a lot harder. <laughs> do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> Did you just quote Star Wars? I believe I quoted Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Oh my god, I am lying in bed with a beautiful woman who can quote Yoda. <laughs> I love you, Penny. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I just want to put that out there. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm glad. Yeah, oh good, uh, good, glad is good. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, no. Um. <laughs> so it's getting pretty late. We should probably go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Probably. Okay. Good night, sweetie. Good night. Ah, yes, that clip. I, I, I like that clip quite a bit for, you know, I like the fact that Penny, she's, she's you know, she's so good at, at a lot of these geek references now. She's able to fit them in and, and slide them in when she needs to, like the do or do not, uh, which I've always used a lot of times over the years. And, and then the whole, like, you know, uh, he, uh, sorry, uh, Leonard saying I love you to her, and she's like, oh, you know, she's not quite ready to go there, and that's sort of towards the end of this uh this past season on the Big Bang Theory. I could play just so many other things and so many other clips. I, I could do this show for, for hours and hours today. But I think that's enough. We're going to have to cut it there. I'm going to... Uh, all I'm going to say is if you've not seen the Big Bang Theory and you're you're just somebody who likes this kind of, you know, you, you like the podcast and you're here listening each week or whatever... Uh, you really owe it to yourself to give this show a try. The they're all. I think the last, well, the first two seasons are definitely out on DVD. I think the third one will be out sometime soon. Uh, I hope they put these out in Blu-ray sometime too. I've been kind of. I got season one my uh, on, on DVD, but I've been kind of holding out. I think season three is going to be out on Blu-ray. I don't know if they'll go back sometime. They probably will and put the other seasons out. Uh, It'll probably be just my luck. I'll, I'll, I'll mix and match, and then, and then sometime in a couple of years, they'll have them all come on in some nice new Blu-ray set. That's probably what will happen. So, The Big Bang Theory, a fantastic show. It's on CBS, at least in the States, on Monday nights. It will be back in the fall with Season 4. I'm taking a break, and I'm going to come back in a couple minutes and wrap the show. Hi, this is Rick. 
And this is Amy. And this is the Husband, Husband and, and Wife, Wife Review. Review. I know it's been a long time since you've heard from us in a review type of setting, and I'm not sure, Amy, is this your first time reviewing something on Trex and Sci-Fi with me? Hmm, it may be. We did a couple programs together, yeah. like a, a substitute I guess we did. host, but, yeah. but used to do um, father-son reviews, but since our son is working down in Oregon in a different state, four hours away, that's kind of hard to do. Yeah, I guess we could do him on Skype, but he's kind of a busy guy. Yes, he's he's cleaning his apartment tonight because his wife's coming home tonight. Well, good. <laughs> so, yes, they said, yes, make sure the floor isn't sticky in the bathroom. Well, today <laughs> we are talking about the Big Bang Review, or the Big Bang Review, the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and this is the show that, uh, that Rico has uh, reviewed today, and I knew it's fond to your heart, what most people would not realize, uh, but our whole family enjoys the Big Bang Theory. Now, I have to say it does have some inappropriate humor at times, but I think the thing that I just love about the show is it's Star Trek and Star Wars references. Yes. And I'm just going, finally, a show that pays honor to geeky people. Since I am in a house full of geeky people, it's kind of nice. It is nice to actually hear some of the things that we like being talked about and poked fun at and jest. Well, but in an honoring way. They actually like, they the main, like it. The main characters like it. And a lot of times, you know, you're on CSI and you see something. And, and they make fun of people. Make fun of people like, right. like us. But on the Big Bang Theory, it's actually normal culture. It's geek culture. Yes. Yes. Okay. Out of the characters, Leonard, Sheldon, Raj, Howard, Penny... Um, Howard's mom, Sheldon's mom. Who's your favorite character? I don't know that I can say I have a favorite character. I think I like them all. I mean, they're all kind of geeky. In their own Some way. Some of them have huge hormonal imbalances, but <laughs> um, I think, um, I don't know. I think Leonard has to be the most functioning out of all of them. Yes. but He's, he's a little bit normal. But I have to say, as far as actors and characters are concerned, Sheldon just knocks it out of the park. That guy is amazing. I, you know, I think all of them are. You know, one of the things that I get the biggest laugh about is the character that I'm pretty sure he plays his own mom's voice. Do you think Howard plays his own mom's I, he, voice? It, he just has to. It's just hilarious. Oh, Howard! Yes. It's funny. It's very, very funny. Mom, you can take your bath without your Oreos. Who took my Oreos? And Raj is sitting there eating them. Yeah. It was great. But anyway, uh, the other thing that I really like about the program is their guest stars from time to time. And mm -hmm. really that they got Will Wheaton on the show. That was awesome to see Wesley. I'm sure I'm sure all the... The, the Trek, Wesley crushers. The Trekkies just really like that. But, you know, they should have some other ones. But some might be hard to get now. You know, now that Patrick Stewart's Knight and all. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it might be hard to get... Did they have... I think I've seen... Um, Felicia Day on it? No, not yet. No. But I think she is going to be on it. No, but I, recently I thought I saw... We um, saw um, Stan Lee. Yeah. He was on there. Yeah. We've had lots of guest stars. Yeah, anyway, people. I'm well, sure... Do you have a favorite moment them. on the show before we close? Because we have to close down quick here. Oh, man, that's just really hard. I think one of the latest episodes when they showed that the answer to the mystery of the non-working elevator. That was awesome. I mean, for the last several seasons, you had the, the tape. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. The tape on the elevator, right. and they go back in time. And, and find out why. find out why. That, that was very, very good. The elevator does not function. And 
And, you know. That had our whole family laughing it, very it hard. It really answered a lot of questions. About a lot of things. About a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't spoil it, but the elevator answers a lot of questions. So. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we give a, a thumbs up. It definitely is an adult show. It's not really a, well, our whole family watches it, but then all of our kids are old enough to grasp everything that's going on. Yeah. You so know, uh, we, I give it um, out of um, five stars. I give it a five-star rating. That's how much I like it. It's probably in our top two favorite comedies. We don't watch yeah. a lot of comedy oh, shows, but um, we, we like The Middle and we like Big Bang Theory. Those yes. are our two main very, comedies very funny. that we yeah. watch. Okay, well, that's our that's our look on it. We really like The ba- Big Bang Theory. Hilarious show. Great writing and fun acting. And fun to see comics and Star Trek referenced in a cool way. Mm-hmm. And we really like it. So I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And this has been the, the Husband, Husband and Wife, Wife Review. Review. Back to you, Rico. Well, thanks, Rick and Amy. Great to hear from both of you again. I know you've done the show before and, and have had, of course, lots of guests or, or you know, spots from Rick and, and, and with uh, Andrew and, and, and others uh, over the years doing Treks and Sci-Fi. I'm really glad you guys both and everyone enjoys the um, the show it, it's it is a show I think that everyone can enjoy. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I th- you know it's got so many funny moments, and they're not just related to the geeky topics. I think you can get a kick out of it, and, and that was good to hear too. You know, Amy not really being into it as much as Rick, and but she enjoys it as well. And uh, so uh, thanks so much. And I, uh, one last thing I didn't say during uh, talking about the Big Bang Theory. I'd love to have some really high-res pictures of the set that they do the show on because there's just a ton of little props and gadgets and toys sprinkled around their different places, Uh, you know, mainly Leonard and Sheldon's apartment. But you see the other guys' places too, Uh, Howard's especially at times. And, uh, well, and also Rick and Amy, I, I guess I answered your question about who does Howard's uh, mother's voice. It's not, it's not him actually. It isn't an actress. So, uh, we learned that today, but, uh, next week on the podcast, I got to wrap this up. It's getting long. Uh, we're going to have a guest host for you. Uh, Lynn's coming into town for a visit into Rockford and, uh, I'm going to be pretty busy. So we're going to have Al, he's going to be talking about, uh, the TV series and movies of Highlander. If you have any comments you'd like to send in about that, please send them to, you can send them to me and I can forward them off to Al. Just send them to treksf at gmail.com. Oh, I also wanted to say one last thing, too, about the Big Bang Theory that my friend Mark uh, sent me an email about it. I didn't really talk about it because I usually do uh, audio stuff only for the, the podcast, Mark. You know that by now. But I thought I would just mention here, uh, he just says, Rico knows this is the top of my favorite shows list. Uh, who knew nerds can be funny? I did. The scary thing is I see bits of myself in Sheldon, Leonard, Raj, and Wallowitz. Writing is top-notch. Chemistry is great. And unlike Lost, oh, nice dig there, they actually answer questions like what happened to the elevator, like uh, Rick and Amy just talked about. Uh, and even the repeats bust my gut. Topics on, like tri- time travel and CERN, super collider, and quantum physics, they always put stuff in there like that. has never been more funny. Looking forward to next season and Sheldon's quote-unquote girlfriend. Yeah, that was a little thing that they brought into the last episode, but uh, we'll see how that all works out. But thanks for your email, Mark. And next time, audio comments, okay? <laughs> anyway, that's it. Uh, that's that's it for this week in, on Trucks and Sci-Fi. In two weeks, when I'm back, I haven't quite figured out. I got to r- update the schedule, so probably be a Trek episode, but we'll see. Always uh, just pay attention to the main website over at treksandsci-fi.com. 
And you can learn everything there about what's coming up on the podcast. And there's also a little donation button if you feel inclined. So hope you enjoyed this look at the Big Bang Theory in this week's podcast. Uh, I'm out of here. Bye. You've been listening to the weekly podcast, Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. For more information, visit treksinsci-fi.com. Join the forums at treksinsci-fi.com slash forum. Dr. Beverly Crusher, I would appreciate an explanation. Yes, you should. Do you have a comment, a suggestion, or a question? Email Rico today at treksf at gmail.com. That's treksf at gmail.com. Now, what do you think that tells me about your character? Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly podcast with geeky goodness and entertainment news. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. I can assure you that I'm not given to casual relationships. Yes, you should. Goodbye.